This is The Nexus, and I am Art Swift. On the show, I'm joined by Michael Carlos from Salon.com, who just published a report on people self-boosting or taking booster shots for COVID-19, even if they haven't been approved yet. It's a tricky prospect, and we'll talk about whether the people doing this are crazy or on the cutting edge. Also, I'll offer my personal feelings on the situation in Afghanistan as someone who has been there. We always knew it wasn't going to end well. And now, the Nexus. Michael Carlos is a reporter for Salon.com and has tackled the thorny issue of vaccine booster shots in his latest piece for the website magazine titled Meet the Citizen Scientists Tinkering with Their Own Immune Systems in the Attempt to Avoid COVID. That's a long title. The piece details a zealous group of people, many of whom did clinical trials of vaccines for COVID-19, discussing their antibody levels and whether they should obtain a booster shot to further protect themselves from catching COVID. The problem is, are these booster shots legal? Michael Carlos, welcome to the Nexus. It is great to be here, Art. Okay, well, let's get right into it. I mean, this is a topic that I think is on everyone's minds right now. Is the vaccine I've received strong enough to ward off the various variants out there, including the fiercely contagious Delta variant? Tell me how you got involved in writing this piece. Well, uh, Art, there's... um there's been a lot of discussion about it. It's been reported about in the, uh, in the New York times, Washington post came out with a great piece about it today. And, um, I, I thought it was completely relevant. So I started poking around, uh, you know, the, the uh, internet, you know, Facebook, whatever, uh, about in, in April, when I started seeing some posts about people that were um, self boosting or uh, getting booster shots without, you know, approval or, or whatever. Um, so I actually did kind of start working on this back then. Um, but, you know, I, I was graduating college and I didn't really have an outlet yet that, that would pick up the story um, and, and whatnot. But once they start uh, interning for Salon, I am an intern. I'm not, not a full-time staff writer. Um, you know, I just started looking at it again and I was like, Hmm, like there's, there's definitely an interesting story here. Okay. And, um, so there was an interesting story. How did you, let's just go through the, the nuts and bolts of how you cobbled the story together. What did, what did you initially find and where did the journey start to take you? Well, so there's a there there are several Facebook groups, most of which are private, but some are public, and they are you know made up of people that were in the uh, vaccine trials. So phase, some were even in phase one, most were in phase two and phase three. Um, so uh, I got into one of these groups. I got into a couple of these groups actually, and uh, you know they were they were self-boosting and they were t- uh, taking their antibody levels. And recently 
a lot of these posts have been uh, people going to get their antibody levels. And they all use this one test that's made by uh, Roach, the pharmaceutical company, a medical supply company, um, and it's sold by LabCorp. And people would be making these posts saying, oh, no, my antibody um, score, whatnot, Peter, we'll just call it a score to, to simplify it, is uh, 100. And it was 300 two months ago. Do I need to go get a booster shot? And then a bunch of people would comment on the uh, on the thread below. Um, so, yeah, that's that's basically what, what I was seeing on, on these Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. And what jumped out at you? What were what were some of the trends you were noticing? Well, that you know, these people have been, uh, you know, but but he, a lot of uh, former trial participants had been, you know, getting three, four. Some someone got five shots, and they've been doing it for months. Uh, and I'm like, you know, wow. Because it's just now becoming a topic you know, in the general public and in the news, whether they're necessary. But uh, the people in this Facebook group uh, have been doing it for months, and they decided months ago that it was necessary to, to get uh, some, uh, a booster shot for their vaccine. And what's interesting is that they've been, they were some of the first people that were, were vaccinated. You know, some people were vac- in these trials have been vaccinated since last o- uh, you know, September, October, some you know, January, February. So what was interesting is that they had been recording their antibody levels, you know, month to month. And each month, that number from the lab court test would drop. And it was it, it correlated with some other studies out there from Europe and, and from the U.S. and whatnot. That's, you know, that basically have found that. Uh, these vaccines may lose their effectiveness, you know, for three months after your shot or six months after your shot. And the, the people in the Facebook group were basically proving that by being, you know, civilian scientists, by recording their antibody levels, by getting bo- booster shots, uh, and then by seeing their antibody levels before and after their booster shot. Right. Right. I, I think you actually said people were getting four and five vaccine shots. Is that correct? Some people, but five, five is not the norm. I, I did see one post where, where someone had a, a few too many shots, maybe. But uh, in the article, yeah, um, you know, there, there was uh, one lady who was um, who got her third shot. And uh, she was, you know, waiting to get her fourth shot. Um, most people got three, though, because they they thought their antibody levels after their one shot was was enough. They, they were protected enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like then a running trend through what you've noticed with postings and people out there is that they believe the uh, their antibody levels are going down thus they are more at risk of contracting covid or if, you know if they contract it more likely getting sick from it am i correct in that is that what they're the big thing is they're worried about getting that this that if they don't 
get booster shots, they're going to fall ill and possibly die or get hospitalized from COVID? Um, I think that's, that's the, uh, you know, the greatest concern uh, of the people in the article. I mean, a lot of them said, I'm worried about, you know, catching the, 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 the Delta variant. The uh, lady who uh, remained anonymous, but, you know, she, she lived in Los Angeles and she said that three or four times in the interview. You know, I live in L.A. I know people that got vaccinated in March and April and May and they are sick with the Delta variant. Yeah, I was vaccinated in February. So, yeah, I, I went and got a booster shot. So, yeah. I, and, you know, the news is reporting a lot of breakthrough cases. And some people speculate that maybe they're not reporting them as accurately as, as they should be. Maybe there's far more breakthrough cases because the CDC stopped uh, um, recording those cases in, in May that uh, you might be at higher risk of catching these new variants, even if you're vaccinated, than maybe what the general public is being led on to believe. Hmm. But wasn't the whole idea with vaccinations to begin with was that you might still get COVID, but you won't get hospitalized from it. You won't die from it. Uh, you you might be mildly ill, maybe moderately ill, but you'll move on and things will be okay. Is that something that these folks that you write about in Salon, are they willing to accept that or are they expecting that vaccines will bring them complete immunity? I think they they accept that, but um, because they've been recording their their antibody levels um, as the year has gone on and they've noticed it dropping some, you know, pretty significantly over the last six months, uh, and because they were some of the first ones vaccinated, I, I'm not going to speak on, on behalf of, of everyone in, in the article, but I think their thinking is, well, I know people that are getting sick that were vaccinated in April, and they're fine, but they're sick. I was vaccinated you know, in September, and I've been measuring my antibody levels, and they're pretty low, so if I get sick, it might be far worse. Hmm. Okay. So that's what a lot of these folks are thinking. Is this grounded at all in scientific reality? I mean, are are these people just sort of thinking, assuming since they're citizen scientists, assuming that antibodies are low, thus I may get more sick or do they have actual backup to from scientific authorities of which I am not one (laughs) to, to validate their claims. Well, that depends who you ask. Um, in the article, I interview Dr. Monica Gandhi, a physician and professor at the University of California at San Francisco. And she says her medical opinion is basically, well, no. She says these antibody tests aren't measuring the important part of, of the antibodies. Um, she explains that there's B cells, which produce antibodies, and T cells, which protect you against severe disease. And she says measuring both 
a combined number doesn't really tell you if you're if you're really protected or not. But Dr. Tony Ho has a completely different opinion. He says, um, yeah, these antibody tests are uh, representative of what your level of protection is because it they they measure enough neutralize uh, the estimate of the neutralizing antibodies from these tests is a good indicator of what your level of protection is. I don't know if that made sense. That might be too scientific, but there's debate in the medical community as to whether these tests actually mean anything and whether they should be uh, an indication of whether you need a booster shot or not. Um, Dr. Tony Ho says yes. Dr. Gandhi says no. There's, there's a lot of debate within the medical community. I am not an anti-vaxxer in any kind of way, shape, or form, but even I am a bit concerned by the idea of just going to a pharmacy or going somewhere and saying, I have a feeling that I should get another booster shot because I'm worried I'm going to get sick. Am I wrong in having that belief? I mean, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a journalist. Um, (laughs) You know, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting and I'm glad you know, you read the article and you have your opinions from it. I just, I don't know. You'd have to, you'd have to write your own article and talk to a bunch of doctors. I mean, the, C, the FDA and the CDC are now allowing immunocompromised, uh, immunocompromised people to get a booster shot. Uh, the city of San Francisco is allowing people that got Johnson & Johnson originally to go get a booster shot of a mRNA shot, so Moderna or Pfizer. So it, it's starting to look like it's fine. It's starting to look like it might even be necessary. The people in these Facebook groups and these trial vaccine participants may have just been ahead of the curve. Well, that's what I've been wondering. It's, it's you know, we all know about the Internet. We all know about Facebook groups. We all know about Twitter. And sometimes people in groups get carried away. They, they certainly seem zealous to me while reading your story. Um, the question is, are they overzealous? Are they outright crazy? Or are they enlightened? And they're on the, as you say, ahead of the curve. And, you know, in six months or 12 months, we're going to be thanking these types for, for blazing a new trail. I, I guess the answer is we don't know yet, which in itself is a bit scary, I would say, that there's actually this fierce debate when we we would like to think we'd have more certainty about booster shots. Yeah, and um, you know, uh, maybe you know it, it's possible that the people in these Facebook groups they were already part of uh, the vaccine trials. That's right. So uh, they they already they already kind of jumped off the ledge back in the back you know last year. By, by, you know, accepting the risks that they were getting in a, you know, a, a shot that was just produced and hadn't, you know, had been tested before, but 
they were taking a risk. So maybe they're just more prone to take risks. Which is true. I mean, it's true. I mean, absolutely. I mean, they, they did jump off a ledge early on. I, I have friends who um, participated in clinical trials. And as far as I could tell, none of them have gotten sick from the vaccines and none of them have gotten sick at all since. Um, here I am in, in the D.C. area just getting my, my lone Johnson & Johnson one shot back in March. I've been fine since then. Uh, but I feel like I'm sort of now getting surrounded by folks who are saying that they're going to be, they're just assuming they have to get booster shots. And so they're going to get them. And as I touched upon earlier, um, not an anti-vaxxer, but I also think, I, I don't know if it's proven. And the last thing I want to do is somehow mess with my body um, and my, my situation. I'm not immunocompromised, but um who knows? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rather difficult um, path to take. I think at this point, um, did anyone that you wrote about really stand out as being um, misguided? I mean, you don't have to mention their name or anything like that, but but they just they seemed just off the deep end in a lot of ways. You know, no. I mean, when when you got to, they were going off of what they believed and what some doctors believe, and it's you know that your antibody levels are dropping and go get a booster. Um, some, you know, I think everyone in, in the article, one one, uh, you know, a, a couple specific people, they they really believe in it. Um, yeah, I'd say, uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Goble, you know, from Miami, he had even encouraged a couple of his, his friends, his colleagues to, uh, you know, they decided they were going to go get their antibodies tested, compare scores, and then as a group, make a decision whether they needed to, to get a booster shot. Um, and, you know, I think what's really great about this article is that there really isn't a slant or an angle. You can read it and you can come away kind of like what my aunt decided after reading it. You can come away and say, okay, these people have done it. They've actually done their own research. They have a, you know, data that the CDC hasn't released yet, you know, proving that your antibodies drop over time and that after a booster shot, you might be more protected. I'm going to go do that. Right. You can also read the article, come away with it and say, Okay, like what? You know, these trial, yeah, you know, these trial participants have gone rogue. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're yes. running, they're running their own trials now. So you can come away with it with with a lot of different opinions and a lot of different views. And I think that's great journalism because well, I'm not, I'm not giving you an angle. I'm not giving you any opinion. This is just facts. This is what's happening, and you take it, you take away from it what you think, you know, what you think, and that's good. Not a lot of journalism, journalism like that anymore. Everyone has an opinion. This is an opinion. This is just fact. <laughs> well, I, I, that is what we try to do here in the Nexus every episode. But that is, I'm, I'm glad that that you have um, are starting that tradition. Um, 
in your career that is but the yeah and I, I think that that's that's worthwhile to to note and uh I think that sure there's at this point a lot of confirmation bias going on if you're wary of the vaccines uh you're going to use that viewpoint when you read a story like this or or just tackle this topic in in general but if you are a vaccine proponent in a dramatic kind of souped up way you're going to see something else in this as, as well um here's one thing though that has been on my mind it is I read in your story that, you know, the the folks are getting booster shots and they're saying things like this. I'll paraphrase. Well, they're unused by anti-vaxxers or those who are reluctant to get the shot. So I might as well take what they're not using. Is that scientifically sound? Are booster shots supposed to mean that they are just the same doses they got before? Or are these going to be some kind of different, maybe lower grade shot. How does that even work? So that's a good question. Um, So the people in the article that went ahead, went to a pharmacy and just basically got a shot, they're just getting another dose of the vaccine that, you know, you and I had already had the one released to the general public. Right. So Right. I, I had two Pfizer shots. If I want, you know, to self boost as it's called, I'm going to the pharmacy and I'm just getting one or two doses of the same vaccine that I had already had. Um, but there are clinical trials like, like Todd Lewis is in, who's mentioned in the article when those trials are for booster shots, but they're, they're different shots or different vaccines. He mentioned that he's in one uh, that a Pfizer uh, booster clinical trial, uh, and it's specifically aimed at um, protecting a person against the South African variant. Okay. It's called the the beta variant, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Moderna has a couple of clinical trials aimed at specific variants. Um, I think the Brazilian variant is is a Moderna trial. Those are different shots. But the people in the article that went and self-boosted, same shots they, they had already had. And I don't know if that, you know, like I said, there's debate in the medical community well about whether that's safe or, or necessary. But or, or uh, I just think a placebo. The point, well, well, no, they've already all been unblinded. Once it got um, EUA approval from the mm-hmm. FDA, mm-hmm. Uh, all they were all. Um, unblinded by the the, the, the trial, okay. that would have been unethical to keep people blinded when uh, it was available to the general public. Sure. Okay. Um, interesting. So this is. I think that's what. I mean, I've written about this before, and I've used the phrase. I feel like there's a free for all going on where people, somebody's personal doctor said it's okay for you to get a booster shot. So go do it. And then you see CDC guidance saying not to do it and so on and so forth. And it's a bit on my end speaking in my opinion and only uh, I'm certainly not going to just go out and get a booster shot unless 
it's a critical mass kind of situation where this is the thing to do at this point where, you know, the government and my doctor, the consortium of experts say it's okay to do so. Um, are you getting any kind of reaction like mine in your reporting that people want to just take more of a wait and see approach? Uh, yeah, I've had, I've had a lot of opinions, um, in the comments section of the article. Let me see if I can find that comment. Um, you know, like how interesting is it that these people are self treating with boosters when, when there's no evidence da 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 da. Right. One person said these people are no different than the morons taking the decision to not get vaccinated because of quote expert advice found on Facebook. Right. So yeah, you, you have a variety of opinions. And then you have people that read it and said, yeah, I need it. These people have done it. It's safe. Um, so yeah, you, you have a variety of opinions. It was interesting though, because some people in the Facebook group, I've been getting some hate mail, which I mean, you know, I guess that happens as a journalist, but this right. is the first article I've ever written, whether it be high school, co college or, or now that people really had strong opinions about <laughs> um you know, and some people some people in the group you know emailed me and messaged me and said you know like this is great thanks for getting the word out there and then it was really interesting because a couple people sent me messages and were like i can't believe that you exposed us and said and basically told the world that the data from the trials is 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 screwed up and that's something I had never thought about before because yeah, a lot of the people in the, in the vaccine trials, first, a lot of them unblinded themselves in the fall. Right. Okay. You weren't supposed to do that. It was a blinded trial. Half got placebos, half got vaccinated. You weren't supposed to know what you got. Right. And a lot of these people went and got these antibody tests and uh, yeah, it's, it's possible that may have, have skewed the data. And the other thing is that I know, I, I, I know the people in the article did report it to their trial sites. And when you do that, you are discharged from the trial. But some people who emailed me and messaged me seem to think that there were others that have done this that didn't report it to their trial sites. And that, in theory, could really skew the data from the trials most definitely because if i went and got self you know if i'm in trial i got self-boosted and they take my blood and they send it to pfizer and i have all these antibodies in it pfizer's gonna say look look how great this vaccine is but the numbers messed up because they they went and did their own experiment they didn't tell pfizer and you know that's right and that's i had right. never i had never thought of that she was blaming me and I was like, Hey, I never thought of that. If you have an issue, go talk to the people that went on the record. Um, but I, I think I'm going to look more into that. I, I, I have contacted the pharmaceutical companies. I sent them emails and said, Hey, look, your data 100% accurate. Cause that's, that's a huge scandal. If it's not. And I, so I was about to use the word scandal. I feel like you might be at the, the beginnings of a scandal here. That is, um, I mean, I, I do very much appreciate that you are doing the Fox news. You report, we decide kind of thing. That's, that's sort of a joke right there, but no, the, the seriously that you are reporting and letting the, the reader 
make decisions for you. And as the reader myself, I think a lot of these folks are um, cutting edge, but not necessarily for the good of mankind and that they may be doing things that are skewing and thwarting accurate reporting of data. And I would think there is a follow-up story in that in terms of, are the efficacy rates that we've been, that people are taking to the bank, literally, are they accurate? You know, are they, or what's going on with these? And, And have you gotten any kind of reaction yet? You may not have yet, but from the drug companies, are they, what are they saying in their, in their defense? Anything yet? No, I I don't know if they've read it yet, but um, maybe they shouldn't read it. But uh, <laughs> I think, you know, I think this article is actually, you know, looking back at it, uh, I think it's a bit long. I think it's a bit technical. But I think it's important and very accurate and very detailed. But I think if there is a follow-up about the possible uh efficacy rate that was initially reported not being accurate because of some people in the vaccine trials i think they'll respond to that one yes well i think in both ways it's 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 you know journalism as you know and reporting often is sowing seeds for the future right i mean woodward and bernstein did not crack the watergate scandal on their first article, not on their first 10 articles. Um, and they built and they dug and they they found pieces of information over time. And then suddenly they brought down a president. So it's interesting the kind of reaction you've had already for just one piece. It will be fascinating to see how future follow-ups go, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. Uh, I think it's an interesting topic. Uh, it's my first really long-term in-depth article. I had a great turnaround on it, though. I mean, I, I wrote this in a week, which, I mean, didn't get a lot of sleep, but I got it done. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited. I think it's a good route to go down, and I'm glad I <laughs> glad I found it, you know? Absolutely. You know, just to um, pontificate or speculate a little bit more, you can call me cynical, but I'm starting to wonder if booster shots are just a way for the drug companies to keep you on the hook forever. I mean, like they do with so-called pain management, getting people dependent on Oxycontin. And when I hear about folks thinking that they're going to have to be constantly taking booster shots as they're antibody levels drop. I just wonder if this isn't a grand scheme somehow to have people constantly getting vaccinated. Now, the idea when you were a kid about vaccinations were you got them initially and maybe never had another shot again, or maybe you had one booster shot, but I I wonder if they're trying to style this as some kind of yearly flu shot where you just have to re-up all the time or else. Any thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, 
<clears throat> both Moderna and Pfizer recorded record earnings. Uh, was it Moderna or Pfizer? Pfizer? One of them got made like $32 billion, uh last fiscal year, uh, which was a huge increase of, I think, $9 billion. So, you know, I I see your point, but at the same time, I mean, it could turn out to just be a yearly flu shot. Maybe vaccine isn't the right word that, mm-hmm. that, that you know, public health experts are, are advertising it as. Right. Um, and, you know, and the virus is, it's mutating. It's a virus. And that's why this is so uh, unique. It's because it's not, you know, it's not a strain of influenza. It, it's a virus. And viruses mutate all the time. So there, you know, there could be a need for a booster shot. It could, could be, you know, you could be right. It could be a conspiracy to enrich the pharmaceutical companies. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The facts are they're making a lot of money and the facts are that the virus is mutating. So. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's um, very good to have you here. We want you to check out, Michael Carlos's post or article on salon.com. I'll read the title again. Meet the citizen scientists tinkering with their own immune systems in an attempt to avoid COVID. It's always good to host an American University graduate, the school that I teach at. And it's been a pleasure to have you, Michael Carlos, here in the Nexus. It was a pleasure uh, being here. Be on the lookout for the follow-up. Be on the lookout for the follow-up in salon.com. Well, thank you again, and we will be right back. Afghanistan has returned to the news with a vengeance not seen since the U.S. embarked on the surge in the early parts of the Obama administration. Afghanistan is like that old Broadway musical that is somehow still running after 20 plus years. You mean Phantom of the Opera is still on Broadway? How? That's how most people think about Afghanistan. If Phantom were to close, you'd hear a lot of news stories in a quick flurry of time about how much of an impact the show made on the culture, how the songs were so hummable, and so on. The news coverage would have a distant quality about it, however. And then Phantom of the Opera would be forgotten about in a week or so. That's what's going to happen in Afghanistan. If an accurate poll were to have been taken a month ago, I'd surmise about a third of the country would think we were still engaged in combat there. And that percentage might have been considerably less than that, too. Afghanistan was long forgotten. Until it wasn't. The utterly ridiculous and avoidable collapse of the country was too tantalizing for the media to ignore. Why would they? We lived through this in 1975 with the fall of Saigon. I was only a baby then, but growing up, I certainly heard about the Vietnam War plenty, the shame of America losing its first war, and how the South Vietnamese army was too weak to defend itself. Vietnam had a profound impact on the United States. Most people knew someone who served in the war, and the death toll of 58,000 rocked this country. It was the first time Americans openly rebelled against their government and demanded withdrawal from an armed conflict. We're so used to protests in the last 50 to 60 years that it's hard to believe no one really organized against World War I or World War II in any significant way. 
It's those terrible public relations from Vietnam that stopped us from going to war for decades. And when we did again, it was limited in scope. We never had anything close to the same number of troops in Afghanistan than we had in Vietnam, and thus nothing close to the same number of casualties. Also, the role of the military in this country has changed dramatically in the last 50 years. In the Vietnam era, the draft was still in place, so thousands of young men who didn't want anything to do with war were compelled to travel across the world to fight in the jungles. Vietnam was such a disaster that the draft was eliminated, and there has been no meaningful movement to reinstate it since. It's doubtful we'll ever have a national draft again. With no draft, fewer Americans than ever before are connected to the military. There simply aren't that many in the armed forces as a percentage compared to, say, 1960. When you're not connected to anyone serving overseas, it's likely you care a bit less. And when the main drama of the conflict happened 10, 15, or 20 years ago, well, you've got a Phantom of the Opera situation, something you saw a long time ago but doesn't factor into your life anymore. The war in Afghanistan, except for those dark days of 2001 and 2002, never was a threat to our national security. Vietnam really wasn't either, but there was more of a reason to believe the Southeast Asian country could have an impact on our national security because of the domino effect of the Soviet Union gobbling up countries and turning them into communist states. For a time, the Russians actually succeeded at this, and taking over all Southeast Asia was too important to ignore in the early 1960s. No such imperative exists in Afghanistan. I was there with the Marine Corps in 2010. I saw Bagram, Kabul, and especially the belly of the beast Kandahar, which was the heart of the Taliban then. It's undescribable how bizarre Afghanistan is. As they are a culture steeped in the ninth century, there are few modern touches anywhere to be found in country with only one highway spanning the terrain. The people are backward, and there is a frightening amount of sexual slavery across Afghanistan. I know the tendency in polite liberal society nowadays is to respect all cultures, but it's almost impossible to respect the train wreck that is Afghanistan. I was fortunate for the experience, but had no illusion we were training the Afghan army to adequately defend themselves. The Taliban, a roving band of terrorist thugs always lurking nearby, believes in subjugating women and ruling with an iron fist. Lovely people all around. That's why I'm not really sad about what's going on in Afghanistan right now, as many of my brothers are. This was an unwinnable war, and we should have left 15 years ago. The problem is, once you get involved with something like this, it's hard to extricate yourself. We never really left Germany, never left Japan. The Afghanistan war made a lot of people a lot of money in the military-industrial complex that I have been a part of here in Northern Virginia. I really can't think of any other reason why we stayed so long. Military contractors have enormous clout in lobbying and elections. No one wanted to turn off the faucet. The Biden administration looks bad right now, but they will recover from this disastrous Afghan collapse soon enough. No one blamed President Ford for the fall of Saigon, and they won't blame Biden for something that happened in the Bush administration. If you should blame anyone, it's President Obama, who pushed for the band-aid known as the surge. 
That never solved the problem and never was going to. We will go into useless wars again because it's too profitable not to. My heart breaks for the men and women we lost fighting over there and to those who saluted and executed orders to engage in combat, even if the mission was a failure. The best we could hope for is we don't have a warmonger as president for quite some time. George W. Bush was an abject failure for this reason, and why he will never be considered great. If it were up to him, we'd be in Afghanistan and Iraq forever. That is the kind of thinking we must get beyond. And that's our show. The Nexus is recorded in Washington and is produced by Colin Martin. If you like this show, please feel free to share it far and wide and leave us a review and rating. We will see you next time and be well.